Today's guest is Carol Obley. She has earned a reputation in her geographical area as the real deal among psychic mediums, and her newest book is called Wisdom from the Spirit World, Life Teaching on Love, Forgiveness, Purpose, and Finding Peace. She travels nationally to speak and teach workshops, as well as maintaining a practice in mediumship base near Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Carol, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. Hi, Jeff. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. And thank you for coming. Carol, how did you get involved in being a, an evidential medium? Well, I'm going to give you the, the consolidated, <laughs> the condensed version. Mm-hmm. Um, unlike some other mediums, I, um, I, did not, I wasn't aware of this ability when I was young. Um, so what happened was, uh, like some people in my field, I had sort of a catastrophic event, and that event was a fire, and I was running a business. It burned me out of what I was doing, and uh, for about a year, I was left essentially you know, directionless, and I got a phone call from a friend to come to a metaphysical center near where I live in a small town here. And I kind of put that off for a while. And then I eventually went. And from that day, um, everything just uh, really scoped out. Uh, I immediately took a lot of classes. I started with hands-on healing. Uh, Reiki, which is a Japanese modality of uh, uh, life force energy, transmitting that through the hands. And then I studied spiritual healing. Uh, And I did many years of volunteer work uh, with doing uh, hands-on for people that would come to this center. Uh, I also, at the same time, started taking um, in-depth training in mediumship and, um, you know, had to give so many readings in order to be certified to get my certificate in that. Went to a place called Delphi. It's near Atlanta, Georgia, and then have taken many other uh, classes and training, especially with evidential mediumship, which, by the way, means presenting facts, um, uh, you know, identifying the, the deceased, um, things that they would bring through, names, uh, memories, passing conditions, uh, circumstances that I would have no way of knowing. That's really what evidential mediumship is. Um, so I was born with the ability, the sensitivity but it's just like anything else. Um, there's potential that we're born with and there's predisposition. So it's up to us to develop that. And it took that, you know, that event of this fire to take me off of the pathway that I was on and put me, set me squarely down on what I'm doing today. It's interesting that you use the word predisposition or potential. Do you have to have a gift or can anybody do it? Well, you know, uh, I never use the word gift. Mm-hmm. Many people have referred it to me with that word, quite honestly, and I'm extremely honest and genuine mm-hmm. and have a lot of integrity in my work. Um, that's very important when you're dealing with um, bringing healing to people. You have to have integrity and ethics. So I'm always working with spirit or the God energy in that way. Um, I believe everybody could, for example, to use a metaphor, play chopsticks on the piano, but not everybody is going to 
go out and be a professional musician or pianist. So we all have intuition. We all have the three inner senses, clairvoyance, clairaudience, clairsentience. Uh, but certainly, um, you know, not everybody is called to do this sort of work. And I, I really believe that it's just like anything else. You have it or you don't. You can, you can develop. And certainly there's refinement. It doesn't make me any better than anyone else. It's simply what I need to be doing in this particular um, focal point of my soul's evolution. Um, so in that way, I, that's why I never use the word gifted because I feel that it sets one on a pedestal and it's kind of a dangerous place to be on a, on a pedestal, you know? Um, and I've worked very hard and in, in all of my books, uh, and there, there are four of them to this point, I really want people to know that the power to heal and the power to um, reach their greatest potential is within them. You know, they, it shouldn't be where they, we need somebody. And I, you know, to that end, I, I teach a lot as well. I've taught many places, Lilydale, which is a spiritualist community in New York. And, um, you know, I teach webinars through Zoom. Um, so to answer the question, I think we all have intuition, but not everybody's going to be called uh, to this particular pathway. You mentioned the word refinement. Are you still refining your skills and trying to get better as you go on? Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. I refer to mediumship as a self-upgrading program because the more sensitive that the vehicle or the conduit, and that's all that I am. If you think of the analogy of a bridge, and on one side of that is the earth consciousness where you and I are sitting right now. On the other side is the higher realms or the spirit world. My function is as that bridge to connect a sitter or a receiver of the reading to, um, you know, I just happen to be a person who's, who was born sensitive and I've developed it to a high degree. Um, I'm simply a bridge connecting those two people. It's between the relationship is between those two or more people uh, I say more because in most readings I do, there's several energies or souls that will come through, whether they be family, friends, pets. There's many readings I've done in which pets uh, come through. Mm -hmm. um, so I look at myself as simply that conduit or bridge that is somehow linking people to provide the assurance that the bond of love is eternal. And by the way, that's one of the lessons in the book. One of the themes in Wisdom from the Spirit World is uh, one of the things I've heard over and over through thousands of readings. The bond of love is eternal. It is never destroyed or diminished mm. by death. Well, you've mentioned thousands and thousands of readings, and I think you've done over 11,000. Can you give us some examples of some of the most compelling messages spirit beings have ever given you? Yeah. Um, some of them I think are, there's all different in, in my second book, I'm still with you. Uh, true stories of healing grief through spirit communication. I have the chapters organized 
um, by way of the relationship between the receiver of the reading and who they're talking to in the reading who's coming through. And some of the more compelling ones have been with people who have lost children. Mm. Um, but there's been, you know, in all, all of the readings, I, I think there's astounding information. I don't take credit for it. I simply make myself receptive. Um, to give a few examples, um, there is one, and actually I just reconnected, or I should say they reconnected with me, a family whose story I used. Uh, all of my books are true. They're unembellished. Um, they're how things unfolded. Um, I sat with headsets on and listened to, in the second book, cassette tapes. Mm -hmm. And in the third book, I listened to, um, uh, you know, virtual recordings. So, um, you know, kind of the spiritual reporter, I guess, on what happened. Um, the one reading, and it's from I'm Still With You, in the chapter called Forever Young, and it's about people who have lost children. Uh, there's a young man who was uh, killed in a car accident. He was 22 years of age. And uh, the family came um, for a reading. It was mom, dad, and a sister. And um, this young man came through with very astounding information, names, um, who had come upon him, who found him, the name of that person, the first name. And it, it, interestingly, it was a friend of his who came upon him tragically um, after this accident. Um, so, the, you know, that's one example. Another example is these things called ADCs, and that stands for after-death communication uh, that it, those are signs from the spirit world that are received without an intermediary like a medium. Uh, the term was coined by uh, Bill Guggenheim, who wrote Hello from Heaven. And he talks about, and he has these categorized. Um, in many readings I've done, these signs are mentioned to uh, the receivers of the readings uh, for example, the, um, one of the readings I did, the young, this young man who had passed would fool around with his family's television set, mm -hmm. and he would create a blue screen. Um, and there was absolutely no, you know, rational explanation for that. Um, he also manipulated the answering machine, and intriguingly, he actually he did this on the anniversary of his passing. And he made it go off and on. And um, so there's many, many stories, um, you know, of these sorts of signs from the spirit world that are then validated and without the sitter saying anything beforehand, because I read from basically a clean slate. I don't want to know information. Mm -hmm. If I know something consciously, spirit can't use it. So I like to go with a blank slate. I don't even want to know who you want to connect with. I tell you who's coming through, who is there. Mm. Um, there have been so many names, um, things that at the time of the reading, the person cannot validate. And I'll say, just write it down. Or, you know, they might be recording the session. And then I get a phone call or an email back. And they're saying, you know, you told me this name or you told me this circumstance. And I had no idea about this at all, that this person was even in our family. And lo and behold, I did some family research and I was able to validate it. 
so there's been some astonishing, um, you know, examples of that. Uh, just the books that I've written, those are a small, uh, you know, from my hundreds, thousands of case files of examples of those sorts of readings. Mm-hmm. Um, absolutely things that I would have no way of knowing that are highly specific. Um, I remember one time I read for um, a gentleman and again, his son had passed and the son came in the reading and was describing everything that the father had recently done. Uh, one of those, he had created a uh, memorial garden for his son and the son came in and through clairvoyance or seeing, he showed me what was in this memorial garden. Um, so it's very important to present evidence of number one, the spirit communicator to establish their identity. And then secondly, to provide evidence of the continuity of consciousness. And why would, you know, why is that important? Well, it alleviates suffering and that suffering for especially people who have lost children is grief. Mm-hmm. And that is the true value of mediumship is it lies in the healing that is possible, the healing potential um, of the session. I would assume that for most grieving families, as long as they hear that their loved one is okay on the other side, doing well, that's just enough to alleviate their grieving. Yeah. And, you know, that, that I'm glad you said that because that is a common question mm-hmm. that I get asked and they'll say, is he doing okay? Mm-hmm. And I always say, you know, anybody can answer that. Anybody can go, oh yeah, he's doing, he's doing great. You know, mm-hmm. he's, a, he's in heaven and mm-hmm. the, whatever. It's necessary to provide evidence to people that yes, this is this energy that he's presenting things or she's presenting things or a pet is presenting things that are specific that I would not have knowledge of um, that have just happened. There are many readings I've done that recent conversations are referenced in the reading and the person will say, you know, we were just talking about that, you know, a couple of hours ago. And it's not a general topic. It's something that, you know, had to do with the family or, um, you know, uh, many things, many different things. Mm -hmm. So it is important to um, anyone who is a really, um, really good medium Mm -hmm. will be presenting evidence. Do you think people reincarnate or go on to somewhere else? And the reason I ask that is because is there a limit of time after death that you can still contact that person? Because let's say, okay, it's been two or three years. They've already moved on or reincarnated. What are your thoughts on that? Well, you know, I'll tell you, um, many years ago when I first started, and this was in the late 90s, um, I was doing readings at a bookstore in, in Pittsburgh. And most people that came there were interested in the two big questions um, relationships and, and, you know, money or career. And I was uh, all of a sudden spontaneously uh, out of nowhere, I started getting these scenes that would appear above the right shoulder of the receiver of the reading. 
And at first, when it started happening, I was a little bit confused by what was going on. But when I related to the receiver of that reading, they would say, that's funny. And as soon as I hear that's funny, I know mm-hmm. that it's, I know that it's a, a, you know, it resonates with them. Mm-hmm. And they would say, I've always been drawn to, you know, Native American culture. I've always been drawn to uh, fr- the French or, you know, the architecture, the, the civil war, what, mm-hmm. you know, whatever it might be historically. So I started realizing, and this has developed to a point where I actually do these things called Akashic Record readings. Mm-hmm. And they are, um, a, a, the Akashic Records are um, energetic codes that follow the soul from lifetime to lifetime. And so I don't believe in reincarnation. I know it. I know it as mm-hmm. a fact. Um, I never really asked for that information to come through as far as seeing past lives, seeing karma, um, you know, certain predispositions, potentials with the soul when it comes into physical incarnation. It just started happening for me. And so um, interestingly, when I impart that information to people that want that, and there's a lot of people who are interested in that, um, they'll say, you know, that I really, I, I believe that because I've always felt that way. I've always struggled with this particular issue or whatever. And if you know anything about Edgar Casey, the famous American psychic who did his readings during the 1920s and 1930s, uh, Casey obtained his information from going to the Akashic files of that individual. And that's where he could read that that script, if you will, of the soul. And so the the information is it's coded. It doesn't it doesn't go away. If you think of a giant tape recorder, that's the akashic. It's always um, it's always recording. Uh, it's always you know attached to the soul. And definitely all of our experiences, every single thought. Every action, every relationship we've had is recorded in our personal Akashic record. Hmm. I just thought of this with you, and it's kind of a a curious question I have about mediums in general. And I would like to know if someone comes and said, I want a reading, does it always work 100% of the time? Or are there times that um, you just can't connect and you just have to say, hey, I'm sorry, I'm just not connecting today. And if so, and along with yeah, that, it does happen. I'm, f- I'm very honest. If there's one thing that I have um, really wanted to do, a goal mm-hmm. is to maintain an integrity in this field mm-hmm. and put an honest um, face on it. Mm-hmm. And yes, there are times, but I will tell you, and those are a few, I could probably count on one hand uh, how many times that's happened. Mm-hmm. However, I will tell you that the greatest variable is is the receiver. Mm. Um, if they're highly skeptical, if they are set on, well, if it's really my mother, then you're going to know this. She's going to say that. And so they come with an agenda mm-hmm. and agendas lead to disappointment. Yeah. A lot of times it's kind of like, um, Jeff, if you want to, if you say, well, I'm going to make, I'm going to interview somebody and I'm going to, I, I demand that they say this and, and like, you, you can't do that. Right. I mean, yeah. everybody has free will. 
So, um, or you can't make somebody call you on the, on the phone or someone text you. So it's much like that in the, those from the spirit world can choose to communicate or not. Now in the vast majority of readings, they absolutely communicate. I mean, I'd say, you know, 95% of the time, maybe even higher uh, than that. Um, but there are times quite honestly that, um, that, you know, that the, the person that the sitter wants to hear from may not show up. Sometimes they're unavailable. Sometimes the timing is off. Mm-hmm. Um, quite honestly, I insist that people prepare for readings, much like they're going for an appointment anywhere else, you know, uh, have questions written. Most of the time I don't ask the questions. Uh, the spirit world will answer them without the person saying anything. Mm-hmm. I also, have people open up their own spiritual uh, connection with their higher senses before the reading. So I say, please engage in mindful mindfulness, mindful meditation or prayer um, briefly before you call me, you know, because it's just, it's making an appointment with the spirit world. And just like anything else, if you go on a journey or you go, you know, for a medical appointment, you should have your information mm-hmm. ready. Mm-hmm. But yes, it does happen, um, but not um, – sometimes people I, – I have dealt with so many situations in this field. Um, mm-hmm. There are people who kind of want things on demand, and they're like, well, you know, I want to hear from – it's like going through a drive through I want to hear from grandma, and yeah, I'll hear from my uncle, and, mm-hmm. you know, I want to hear from my pet that I had, you know, in 1980 or whatever. And sometimes, you know, that person or that pet is not available. They could be reincarnated. Usually in the case of pets, that's more um, likely because, you know, a lot of souls, human souls don't reincarnate quickly. Some do, mm-hmm. some do. Um, <clears throat> but there could be other reasons why they're unavailable as well. Mm-hmm. Um so there, there's all sorts of, I wish there were hard and fast rules for this work, but there, there, there just aren't. Yeah, I could totally see that. And it makes me wonder if you or other mediums, it's pressure for them to produce. Or are you able to just say, hey, whatever comes, well, whoever shows up, whoever comes, comes. I'm not going to worry about it, you know, or do some mediums get all stressed yeah. out about it. Well, you know what? Um Throughout many years, I I was very nervous and very stressed because I consider working with spirit all these years, and I'm going on through almost three decades of doing this type of work. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I consider it an apprenticeship Mm -hmm. because certainly, um, you know, there are my spirit guides, those souls who help me on my pathway here. Um, they have, you know, they, they are more spiritually, a little bit more spiritually aware than I am. That's why they're helping me. Mm-hmm. Um, I always defer to spirit because, and I always defer to spirit over the sitter. And sometimes people go, well, I don't have any idea you're talking about. And I'll say, please write it down. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just, you know, sometimes people have to go check on things. Mm-hmm. Um, or certain information that, again, there, there was something about that, that that came out not long ago. I said, you know, somebody in your family was murdered. There was a murder in the family. And they're like, we don't know anything about that. Mm-hmm. We have no idea. I got an email, mm-hmm. um, I, I don't know, a couple of months later 
And it says, you know, we found out that there, there was somebody murdered in the family. And it was, I think it even came through. It was like, you know, on the father's side or whatever. Mm. Um, So that's why I just tell people, just please, you know, don't judge it. Just accept, write it down, see what, you know, you can validate. Mm. But yes, there, I have definitely felt um, some pressure, but I have to tell you, I've done many, many years of radio and I've done many that is probably the most pressured for me. Hmm. Um, Spirit put me on radio in the very beginning. And I was on the oldest radio station in the United States, and that's KDKA in Pittsburgh. Hmm. And the, they were the very first radio station in the, in the United States. And they're still in existence today. And um, I was on there. I, I barely had, you know, like a year and a half of giving readings under my belt. And here I am on air and a caller comes on and they give me like one, like half of a sentence and they want me to tune in and not that's pressure, you yeah, know, of <laughs> so, course, yeah. um, but I'm very grateful because um, I, I always love to be challenged with this work, mm-hmm. you know, and certainly being on the radio and having nothing but a voice, um, you know, is very, very challenging and keeps me on my toes. Mm-hmm. When you're communicating with someone in spirit world, are you hearing things? Do you hear their voice? Are you, I think you mentioned that sometimes they'll put something up for you to see, or is it a mixture of things? It's a mural and it's a blending of hearing. I'm I'm very clear audience. That's, uh, that means listening or hearing. That's what audience means. Um, it's through these things I mentioned earlier in this interview, but through um, the inner senses, and those are clairvoyance, which is seeing, clairaudience, which is listening or hearing, clairsentience, which are two things. Um, that's with feelings, emotion. It's also with sensations in the physical body. So for an example of that is say that somebody um, had a traumatic accident or, you know, they had a lot of head impact. Uh, I will actually get a thought. I don't actually, you know, get a headache, but uh, there's a thought of that. There's an impression Hmm. of that. So it's much like if I held up a painting for you and I had it covered with a cloth and I say, when I take this cloth off, I want you to give me your gut impression of it. And I remove the cloth and, and all of a sudden that hits you and maybe the colors, maybe the feelings, Um, maybe it takes you back in memory to something in your life. Um, That's really um, what it's like as, as a medium Um, in the spirit will also use my repertoire, my frame of reference, all of the experiences I've had in my life, Um, movies, maybe TV shows. I'm not a big movie person or TV person, but certainly I've watched my share of things. Um, music, you know, um, they're, they will kind of use that to get their message across or some fact about themselves. So really it's a blending and a tapestry, if you will, of, um, of of all of those inner senses. Mm -hmm. What would be amazing would be to know, and maybe you do know, I don't know, but what would it be like for a spirit to communicate with you? They're thinking like, okay, I'm trying to tell you this, this, you know what I mean? Like, 
okay, no, it's this. I want you to say this. You know what I mean? Does that well, you know what? It's really interesting that that, and I've done a lot of interviews for the for wisdom from the spirit world. Mm-hmm. You're the first person that's mentioned that, and um, it is interesting because there are times, and I kid you not, I'm very sincere with my work. Mm-hmm. They will correct me if I say, um, and I'm trying to think of an example. It could be with a name, and. I'll say, you know, who is so-and-so, you know, and, and they'll go, the sitter will go, I, gee, I don't know. And then in my head, I'll hear, no, it's this. Mm. And they'll, they will actually correct me. Mm. And that, that happens. That happens a good bit mm. because this is always like playing charades. Mm. If you remember the, remember that game, I, I love the game, you know, mm. charades and you have to communicate without using words to your partner. And so, um, you know, when you have teams, well, that's what it's really like because um, they're trying to get a message across. They don't have a voice anymore. They Mm -hmm. don't have a physical voice. Mm -hmm. So it has to be through thought Mm -hmm. and it's, it's, it's through thought transference. And so what happens is spirit impresses their thoughts upon mine. Mm -hmm. And any, if you're sensitive you're able to um, pick up that telepathy. Mm-hmm. So yes, they, they will correct me. And sometimes it's, it, you know, clairvoyance is the hardest thing to interpret because they're, they're images. And so, you know, like if I show you a picture, it might mean something totally different to you than it does to me. For example, maybe I show you a picture of a dog and you've been, you're terrified of dogs, let's mm-hmm. say, and you, that's fear. And for me, I love dogs, you know, so uh, pictures are difficult. I try just to describe those Mm -hmm. as best I can uh, to the sitter, hoping it's going to make sense to them. Because if I start putting my own spin on it, um, I can misinterpret. Now, hearing is a little bit different because there's not as much discrepancy with hearing Mm -hmm. as there is with, you know, an image. Mm -hmm. Uh, But yes, that, that that uh, I'm so glad you asked that because it does happen. It appears to me that it's like they're trying to communicate to you with symbols. I use a lot of symbols in my readings, mm-hmm. many symbols. Um, for example, one of the symbols, and this is in the identification process of the spirit communicator. Uh, one symbol. Um, is a scar. What does that mean? Well, in my system of mediumship, and I've developed this particular language, this is specific or unique to me. This is how I work with spirit beings. Um, The scar means I had a surgery on this part of my body. Hmm. And sometimes they'll show me more than one scar indicating there were multiple procedures that just happened. I did a, a reading earlier this evening and that that came up. Um, a lot of times, those um, in, in many readings, they'll show me numbers. Numbers may mean the date of birth, the date of passing. A particular month is pivotal, meaningful. Um, you know, there are symbols uh, of. This sounds very bizarre, but parallel lines. What is what? What would parallel lines mean? Well, the um, communicating spirit 
is comparing their life. They're drawing a comparison of their life to the sitter or the receiver of that reading. And they're showing a similarity. Mm-hmm. So those are just a few examples of, of symbols. Um, another one would be a circle that's completely closed. And that means everybody on that side of the family has passed. That family is altogether in spirit. If I see a little open place in the circle, it means there might be one, you know, sibling that's still here in the physical world. Um, and there are many, many others. Uh, those are the ones that come to mind right now. Hmm. All right. Well, let's talk about your book, Wisdom from the Spirit World, Life Teachings on Love, Forgiveness, Purpose, and Finding Peace. So what do those in the spirit world have to teach us? Oh, wow. Well, there are certain, this book is about thousands of readings that basically boil down to repeating themes, themes that I heard over and over and over in readings. Hmm. And one of them, and there there are about eight or 10 of them in this book. One of them is, and this sounds very silly and maybe very basic, but there is an afterlife. Hmm. Um. You know, there there are people that I've read for that that have been, um, I wouldn't say atheist, but agnostic, um, not really knowing what's there. Uh, one lady comes to mind um, that I've read for numerous times. She actually came as somewhat of a skeptic. Interestingly, her her uh, husband who had passed, he was an atheist or a, a very staunch agnostic, and when he came through, he talked about. Well, you know, I was wrong. There is something after death. Mm. And he actually communicated that in, in this reading. So it sounds kind of silly to say that's one of the lessons, but it is. Mm. You know, there is something here. There is something. Our consciousness continues on after passing. Um, a really important uh, theme that is mentioned in this book, and I dedicate practically a whole chapter to it, is forgiveness releasing the past accelerates our spiritual growth. It's much like, you know, holding resentment, holding the past is much like carrying around a hundred pound weight every day. And then you wonder why, why aren't I functioning at high capacity? You know, why do I feel ill? Um, You know, why isn't my life working out? So once we release the past and by the way, in a spiritual sense, that's what forgiveness means. It doesn't mean that you're okaying, you're approving of what perhaps, you know, uh, something that was done to you, like abuse or, um, you know, anyone that committed a, a crime against you. It doesn't mean that. It means I'm making a conscious decision to no longer define myself in that way. And so, I, you know, once we get out of that limitation, that's when we come into our true potential. And so forgiveness is really, I consider it the cornerstone of spiritual evolution. Mm. And I can't tell you how many times in readings that that message has come through countless, countless times about forgiveness. That is a major theme uh, that's repeated through many readings. Um, you know, not, there's there's some readings I've done in which a person, when I used to do a lot of in-person readings, and I've done many, many of those too, in groups, 
um, I'll, every once in a while I have a person and they fold their arms across their chest and they'll say, you know, I don't want to hear from my dad. He, he, he was very mean to me or he was a bad father. He was an alcoholic. But the father is coming through and facilitating forgiveness and saying, you know, when I got over here, I took a review of my life and I saw that I was really remiss in my duties and responsibilities as a father and I hurt you. I hurt you because of my own selfishness. And he's trying to come through my conduit in, in communicating that. Um, so again, forgiveness is, it's not only from the spirit world, but it's for everybody in saying, you know, it's time now. And I think a lot of us have been in this this, this past year of letting go of things in the past. Um, but it really does accelerate our direction and we can't fly if we're bogged down with constantly carrying the past. Um, so th this is part of, um, you know, what I've, what I've seen through many, many readings. Another important lesson is our wounds do, do not diminish the light within um, there have been, I, I've done a lot of readings for people who have lost either a child to the opioid addiction or, um, people who, who have lost a spouse or a sibling or a parent. Uh, there's been readings where people have lost their parents to heroin overdose or, you know, prescription drugs. Um, it's very, it's heartbreaking for people. Um, what they have to understand is that that wound and a lot of times addiction is carried down the family line it can be inherited or you know there's a predisposition a lot of times with different types of addictions even but people have to understand that whatever they've endured in life or whatever they consider um woundedness that that in no way impinges upon the magnitude of their own um light their own spirit mm -hmm. and so many times people want to confine themselves into victimhood mm -hmm. and that's a very dangerous place to be and i've delivered many um readings in which you know the person who passed from addiction will come through and they'll say you know this needs to stop you know don't please you know if you're currently using drugs or you know you're drinking heavily or somebody in the family is they want to come through and, and talk about that. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, these are a few of the themes that I really discuss heavily and go in depth with personal examples from readings um, in Wisdom from the Spirit World. I'd like to go back to forgiveness. And do you find, is it more often that the being in the spirit world is asking for forgiveness or giving forgiveness? To the other person here on this world? Um, I would say it's probably more common that the one in spirit is communicating forgiveness from their uh, perspective. But I have also done readings where um, they are giving forgiveness. I have to say, though, that is relatively rare. Um, I haven't encountered a lot of that, but there is one example in the book that I used that I thought was incredibly powerful. And it's about um, a um, young woman who took her own life. 
And um, she had come out as, as being gay uh, to her family. And um, the father who came to the reading was a very staunch uh, Christian or very fundamentalist Christian um, and definitely believed that, you know, being gay was um, morally wrong. And so um, um, not knowing anything about him before I gave the reading um, and she came through and she actually said to him um, because he had kind of ostracized her. He had kind of, you know, she was, this is one of the reasons she took her life because, um, you know, she felt very alienated um, and rejected. So um, she actually extended forgiveness to her father and it, that reading was pivotal for him. Um, and I, I talk about that reading in, in, in the book. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also go in depth with the opioid addiction as well, mm-hmm. um, because that's touched so many families. And, um, you know, so it's very powerful to be the observer. And I really put myself in the, in the role of observer even though I'm intimately involved in being the conduit, but really it's between those two or more people. I'm simply, you know, going, here's what they're saying. You know, I'm like the telephone here, you know, here's, here's what they want to say to you. Um, And people need to know also, and I'll tell you, if there's one thing I've learned in thousands of readings, people in spirit know about our thoughts and feelings. They are not out there somewhere off in a strange land. They are still connected to us. They know when we're struggling. They know when we're happy. They know when we need encouragement. Um, They know when we're sick, physically ill. Um, My own mother came to me. Uh, My mom's been gone about 16 years, but she came to me. I was sick in bed. This was a a long time ago, Uh, but it was very real. Mm. My mother being there, um, you know, when I fell asleep and, it actually woke me up. It startled me of her presence there. So there's not a disconnect. And I tell people this all the time that they're right there. I mean, how fast can you think a thought? Yeah. Yeah, A thought is instantaneous and that's how quickly that spirit can be um, with us because there's no longer the separation that there is in the physical world. Mm. Do you think that spirits in the spirit world are mostly around people all the time? Or are they up there like doing something else? Are they up there learning or doing other things with their life? I always say we don't sit on the, on the clouds and play harps with mm-hmm. the angels. Um, we continue with growth and people may laugh, but you know, in my second book, I'm still with you. I wrote a whole chapter on what it's like in the spirit world. Mm-hmm. And um, this is what I, this is not what I've read in books. This is from direct experience. And I, in no way am I suggesting that I have all these answers because I certainly do not, you know, the older I get, I think the less I know and mm-hmm. I mean, uh, intellectually, mm-hmm. but um, it's what I've directly experienced. People continue on with hobbies. You know, for example, if you, you had a guy who, who liked to fish, when he was here, you know, or, or um, uh, I remember one, a couple of readings I did and I didn't know anything about the receivers of the readings. I'll say, you know, your son's coming through and he keeps showing me he's working with young people. He's doing some kind of teaching and the person will go, Oh, he did that in life. You know, he was a teacher. 
and he loved working with, um, you know, adolescents and, um, you know, teaching them sports and coaching and all that kind of stuff. So we do continue on with, um, I don't know, you know, hobbies or our, our areas of expertise. Uh, there are actual spirit doctors, um, individuals who have been doctors here on the earth plane will sometimes continue on with that work, um, helping, you know, with doing healing work on the other side. Um, I, there are, there are trees and forests and, um, you know, bodies of water and buildings and churches, anything that exists here. It's actually, it's, the spirit world is, is a reflection. I should say that the earth is a reflection of the spirit world because it's vibrating in a much higher, uh, consciousness. You know, it's, um, it's the atoms aren't close together like we have here in the physical world. So it's really a realm of thought. Mm-hmm. And um, <clears throat> it's interesting because I, I have personally seen a lot of souls that have to undergo transformation and healing because they had an extended illness. Um, back when we had the AIDS epidemic, and I did some healing for hands-on stuff, volunteer things for people um, who had HIV and, um, you know, there are people who have long drawn out sorts of illnesses. Sometimes I'll see them in a, an adjustment phase on the other side, they have to kind of decompress from what they had in the physical body. And there is always, there is always healing available on the other side, it has to be wanted though. It's just like here, you can't, force somebody to go to counseling. You can't force somebody to go get help or, you know, whatever it might be. Um, It's the same way in the spirit world because a natural law is free will and personal responsibility. Natural laws are immutable, eternal principles that are always governing, um, you know, the consequences of our, what we do. Um, and they operate without us thinking about them or knowing about them. It's much like gravity. And in the spirit world, there is, of course, the law of attraction. So there isn't as much diversity or duality there as there is here. This is a realm of duality here. In the spirit world, that really doesn't exist. Are you a religious person? Since you've done so many cases, I mean, over 11,000, I would assume that at some point you would have some people that come through saying, I'm with Jesus, or I'm with Prophet Muhammad, or I'm with Buddha, or, you know, depending on whatever the religious background is. Is that true? Very, very seldom. Hmm. Very seldom. Just like we although some people have actually had, um, they claim physical manifestations of, you know, the divine mother or even Jesus here on the earth plane. It's very rare, very, very rare. However, I will tell you this, there are elevated. And when I say elevated, I'm talking spiritually elevated. Um, doesn't mean superior, but the, you know, the consciousness of being very high, spiritually uh, the ascended masters like like jesus like mm-hmm. buddha like krishna and there are men, there are many ascended masters meaning they don't have to come back here they don't have to come back on the physical plane um 
but they um, generally, from what I've seen, um, certainly that consciousness exists in the spirit world, but you're not going to have that, you know, as a routine um, thing that occurs. But there is always the ability to communicate with the higher realms. Okay. You can't ascend to the higher realms until you reach that consciousness. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'll tell you, I, I want to recommend a book that I ju- actually just finished about a month ago. And it's called The World Unseen. It's by Anthony Borgia. It was written in the 50s. It's actually a compilation. You can get it on Amazon. Uh, mm-hmm. It's excellent. Uh, there's some things that are missing from the book, though. He doesn't speak at all about reincarnation. But it's a very, very, I feel uh, intuitively, and from what I've seen, a very good description of what it's like in the spirit world. And this guy channeled this, Anthony Borgia, um, was he communicated with a real person that historically existed. And this gentleman was a Monsignor um, in the Catholic religion. And he came through to Borgia and told him what it was like Hmm. um, in the spirit world. And it's quite intriguing. I couldn't put the book down. It's it's very interesting. Um, Another one is A Wanderer in the Spirit Lands. um, And that is an Italian man. I think his last name might be Francesca or something like that. Um, But if you just put that in, I think it's even available free on the internet. You can download it. So these are very good descriptions. I've been very blessed to have um, glimpses, glimpses into the spirit world. And if you, there are people who stay um, immersed in organized religion in the spirit world, because that's where their belief system is. Hmm. Oh, that's interesting. Yes. And that is actually mentioned in the Borgia material about there are churches and so forth. Um, And there are, I mean, there are beautiful buildings and and houses. Um, Everything that exists here, again, is there including animals. Um, animals are a spark of the divine, and so they, they are eternal, uh, just like we are. Um, so, honestly, I have not seen that, but with coming through with, you know, d- um, the Ascended Masters. However, I've had them come through and show me different saints, and mm. they will say, you know, when I was there, if it's somebody from the Catholic religion, they'll say, you know, I always prayed to St. Teresa or whatever. And the sitter will go, yeah, my mom always did that, you know. Um, so there, there's different um, there, there's different aspects, um, you know, to uh, spirituality. But there are many also who say it's much more open-ended than I was taught. In fact, that's one of the main premises in the Borgia material. That the Monsignor says, um, you know, it's not the way I was taught in the dogma. It's just not that way. And a lot of it is false. And that's from his writing. Um, You know, I personally don't know because I can't remember being in the spirit world. But that's where we all come from. That's where we go back to. Mm -hmm. Um, So, but that's that's a great question. Thanks Mm -hmm. for asking it. 
All right. Well, your book has already been released, right? I think it was last August. Um, September 1st. Okay. Where can we find your book? Yeah. Um, autographed copy, personally autographed. Hmm. And you won't get that on Amazon, although all my books are on Kindle and Amazon.com. Uh, Soul Visions, that's plural, Visions, soulvisions.net. That's my website, and you can get an autographed copy there. Uh, all of my books are available through me as well as Amazon. Um, I also have CDs, Jeff, that I've created to help people with spiritual development mm -hmm. and meditation. Uh, I have a three CD set and with a little workbook for home study. And I'll actually be recording something this winter uh, with the Akashic Files that I've written about extensively. Um, and again, the basis of my work is healing. Uh, to help people move beyond limitations mm -hmm. and to really understand who they are as a timeless, immortal soul. You have a lot on your plate, but do you have any other projects that you're working on that you want us to know about? Um, a couple of webinars coming up. Mm -hmm. uh, one in January is an in-depth mediumship course, uh, Foundations of Mediumship, where I will be teaching and training for a very small group of people. Uh, I do still have room in that seminar, by the way. There's also a tarot uh, in March. These are on my website at soulvisions.net. Mm -hmm. um, I work with the tarot, not so much with fortune telling, although you can do that, but the spiritual archetypes of the tarot. Um, I'm extremely studied in the tarot, and I'm extremely studied in astrology. I've done many years of study. In fact, I write about astrology in um, wisdom from the spirit world. I've taken many classes on it. I continue to study it. Uh, so those are the two workshops coming up in the next several months. And um, I'll be doing, you know, I'll be doing more webinars. Um, I also want to mention for people who are interested in any podcast, just like this one, um, I have a Facebook page where you can get a hold of a lot of my podcasts and so forth. That's facebook.com slash soul medium, the word soul, S-O-U-L, plus the word medium. Mm. Um, you can get all of my information on there as well. Are you a private person or do you interact with people on Facebook? Well, <laughs> um, now I always, I'm at the helm of my professional page. My personal page, I have gotten away from. I, I If you like my personal page, You'll see in the past, I've many, many, um, I'm, I'm a huge nature and animal lover. Um, I am extremely passionate. Um, I, I am practically vegan. I don't eat animals. Um, I do a lot of charity work for animals. Um, so there, there's a lot of that, um, you know, on my, my personal page. But I've, I've really gotten away from social media because it was becoming way too overwhelming for me with the election. Mm -hmm. I have to be very careful. Like I'm, I'm sure some of your listeners, you know, there's a lot of information out there. We're, we're inundated with information. Now mm -hmm. you have to be careful what you let in. And I found myself being, becoming increasingly angry. Mm -hmm. um, and it would coincide with being on social media. And so I very much pulled back from my personal page. 
Um, if I do post anything, it's extremely uplifting and it's usually about nature or animals. Um, but on my, my professional page, um, I put a lot of the podcasts on and um, um, inspirational material as well. That's great. All right, Carol, before we wrap it up here, do you have one last message you want to leave us with? Yes. Um, this has been a very difficult year. We're, we're almost at the, at the end of our year now. Um, it's been a uphill battle for a lot of people. I have the utmost compassion for people who have lost businesses, for people working in healthcare, um, people who work in restaurants. I mean, it's been very difficult. And people who have passed or had family members pass from, you know, the illness. But it, there's also an opportunity and there's a, there's always the opportunity to transform in the midst of something that's been very painful um, for a lot of us. Um, so it's sometimes finding that and, and going through and weeding through some of the pain or the loss. And just like, you know, losing a loved one, some, some people have had to grieve for the loss of a business or, you know, a job or whatever it might be. Um, I think we're all grieving for the way life was before this hit us. Um, I know I have a 91-year-old father who I haven't hugged since March. Um, you know, he's in an um, assisted living facility. So um, please know that you have the power within you to reinvent yourself. You have unlimited potential. And you are your soul is eternal without a shadow of a doubt. I can tell you that from direct experience. I've seen it. I've lived it. And I know it. Um, so <clears throat> I think we're way more powerful than we we ever realize. And people really, really need to keep that in mind, especially now. That's a great message. All right, Carol. Thank for having you. me. Yeah, thanks for being on my show. I really appreciate you giving me some time this evening. I wish you massive success with this book and all the other things that you're into. Thank you. Have a good evening. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.